Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of the Turf Monsters. It's game week. Uh, we're going to preview Oklahoma State versus Missouri State, 6 o'clock in Boone Pickens Stadium, the Cowboys opening game. OSU leads the all-time series 8-0, uh, to zero. <laughs> um, never lost to Missouri State. They won their last meeting in 2019, 58-17. They have outscored the Bears 352-100, to 100, by an, winning by an average score of 44-12.5. to 12 and a half. So the series has not necessarily been close, but it's always a good start to get to, uh, started with your season with a fairly easy opponent. You're gonna learn a lot about your team, uh, learn get some get some competitive competitiveness in, and block somebody else for once. You know you've spent the whole summer, the whole spring, just just playing yourselves. You know, and now you get to somebody else. I throw it over to Dean. Dean, we found out the starting quarterback today from Missouri State. It's not gonna be Jaden Johnson. Instead, it's gonna be Utah State's Jason Shelley. What what do we know about what do we know about Shelley? So, yeah, you know we got to talk to Bobby Petrino today. Uh, had a game week, and uh, that was the big story that came out of his little press conference was that Jason Shelley will indeed uh, be the starting quarterback. That surprised some people. Um, I know for most of us, it was a little bit of a difficulty to actually find <laughs> yeah. Missouri State depth speaking charts. Of, speaking of that, the Missouri State uh, student newspaper sports editor just sent me their depth chart. So we've got their a, defense, not their offensive one, but we got their defensive one. So we've got a revised depth chart. But, um, no, Jason Shelley, you know, he's got kind of an interesting career. Uh, spent some time at the University of Utah, where his freshman year he actually did start. Uh, threw for 1,162 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, six interceptions, though, so kind of got a little bit of a turnover bug there. And then he kind of took a step back. Sadiq, what did you say they were trying to do with him his second year? Uh, they pushed him a defensive back, I believe safety, late in the year. He didn't really like it, so he decided to bounce. So, yeah, so, then, so he ends up at Utah State, where he starts their first four games and then uh, violated some team rules and decided to transfer. And now he has ended up at Missouri State, and it's ready to start for them. So, uh, Sadiq, do you have any thoughts on him as a starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, the fact that we learned so late in the game that Jason Shelley was going to be under center, that didn't give, personally, for me much time to you know, look into his story and uh, study him. I spent most of yesterday studying Jaden Johnson and seeing where he's at. And I thought Johnson was interesting because he, he's... Um, he's you know he's like the last number eight that for Bobby Petrino hit Louisville. He's not quite Lamar Jackson, but he's a dual threat quarterback. He part uh, he had a really good arm, great zip on the throws, and with him in the offense, they would run a lot more zone reads and RPOs and a lot of uh, motion action. So that's kind of what I was expecting with Jaden Johnson. Now with Jason Shelley, we don't know too much, but he is also you know dual threat quarterback. He's ranked pretty high when he came out of high school. So I'm I'm curious how if they're going to run a lot of those same concepts with Shelley under center. But, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not too much really that we found out about Shelly or, or know about Shelly. Yeah. Here, here's, here's the question I have for you, though, is, you know, like Chris said, this opening game for OSU and you're going to find out a lot about your team by playing a lesser opponent. Well, is the lesser opponent going to find out more about their team playing <laughs> a tougher opponent? You know, the Missouri State's probably not going into this game thinking it's A, going to be close, or B, they're even going to have a chance to win. So could we see Johnson maybe play some snaps? Yeah, you know, last year, Jalen Johnson, excuse me, Jaden Johnson, he played against OU. He started the first three games of their fall season before they cut it off and played the spring season. And I believe they, they kind of they filtered in Matt Strzok, the other quote-unquote starting quarterback last year. Uh, they, they pushed in a couple guys because in a blowout, when it's like, what, 48-0 against OU, you're going to see some of those other guys. You're going to see what they're kind of about. And, you know, against tough opponents, you really see which players are you know worth caliber. For a lot of these guys, this is probably their NFL ticket or, you know, them saying to the NFL, hey, you know, I, I'm worth an undrafted free agent. 
signing, those sorts of things, or maybe even a late-round pick. But I think, yeah, we're definitely going to see possibly Jaden Johnson late in the game, uh, a couple different things, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where it depends on who's playing well, uh, not necessarily just against OSU, but down the stretch for the, for the uh, this Petrino-led Missouri State team. Um, they're As much as they are the the same kind of quarterback, they're both dual threat, they can both sling it, they can both use their feet, they're quite different. You know, uh, Jason Shelley's 5'11", 197. Jaden Johnson is 6'2", 218. So two completely different builds, but both quick, both elusive with their feet. And that's something that OSU's kind of struggled with uh, in recent years and past memory is that dual threat quarterback. Um, but I think this defense is going to be no – this offense yeah. is going to be no threat to, it, to anything the OSU defense presents. Yeah, when you watch Jaden Johnson, he's he's 6'2", he's built, and he's got elusiveness to him, but he's a lot more power, and he's got great contact balance. He's that kind of runner, right? Not Jalen Hurts' strength, but he, he looks more toward that. He's got – um, he he's, he does some of those things well, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where with this offensive line for Missouri State, you just don't expect them to really get much push against the defense in Oklahoma State. I mean, even if Oklahoma State was rated as an average defense, the fact that you have a Power Five opponent versus an FCS, there's just not much expectation there, and that's why you know the score, uh, excuse me, score predictions are so lopsided. Right, and moving on, go, going to the offense as a whole, we. We don't know much about the Missouri State offense, but we've seen enough Petrino. We're all football. We all football fans. We're all we all know the game. We've all been around. We've known. We know what Bobby Petrino does. We know what to expect from an offense that he runs. Um, his son's the OC, and his son-in-law is the DC. Uh, DC. So it's a family guy. It's going to be the same as what a Petrino normally runs, like at Louisville or at Arkansas. Um, I expect to be a little explosive, not necessarily against OSU, but against you know. Right. Normal opponent that's not you know on a different level. Um, they have Demory Vic, who's an Oklahoma City guy. Um, I think Westmore is where he went. So there's some there's some regional you know yeah. connections here, and I'm sure he's going to want to come out and have a good game uh, against a team that I don't think probably recruited him. Um, they have you know they have they like to run the ball. Um, going to be a little yep. run heavy, um, but I think we're going to learn more about OSU's defense and the depth than we are. This offense, yeah, and Vic's definitely on. their best receiver. Um, at six three, he's they've got a group of wide receivers at six two, six three, six four. They've got taller guys, and a lot of them can make plays. They can go up and catch a contested ball. Uh, again, against OSU, we're probably not going to see as much of that. But you're right, they do like to run the ball. But what they do love doing is they run a variety of formations. When you watch them, you know a lot of college teams, and even NFL teams, are starting to shy away from just being under center all the time. But especially in college, how many times do we see Spencer Sanders actually go under center? Right. Most of it's in shotgun, but I think like this is probably not accurate. But it's, it feels like fifty fifty percent of the time. Half the time they're under shot, they're in shotgun. Half the time they're under center, uh, and then you'll see a variety of looks. You'll see heavy formations where you see the fullback and running back in the backfield, and then three tight ends, and they'll run it that way. Then they'll spread you out three, four wide receivers, uh, and then they'll mix it in two tight ends and running back. They'll have two just halfbacks there and run out of shotgun or you know run read options. They're, they have a bunch of different play calls. They'll pass it down the field. They'll Spacio with the short pass game. And that's kind of the interesting thing about it. More than anything about, you know, how are they going to fare against OSU, it's just the kind of seeing that sort of uh, mesh and see how OSU adjusts. Are they going to bring in, you know, heavier defensive formations? Are they going to sp- keep their base formation the whole game? That's something I'm going to kind of be interested in seeing. All I'm going to say <laughs> is if you're Oklahoma State, you don't want this game to come down to a field goal. Because the Missouri State offense is powered by their <laughs> kicker, Jose Pisano. 
how bad do you have to be to have your offense powered by the kicker? Like, that's the best player on your offense. He is ranked 12th nationally in field goal percentage at .86. He went 12 of 14 last year, Chris. 12 of 14. Hey, He's the real deal. The <laughs> He's the real deal. He's got the ice in his veins. Watch out. Sure. Um, I'm just saying, last time that Missouri State came to town, they made it was about 50 50, really, looking at the 2018 stat or 2019 stats. Uh, they threw for 150 uh, and ran for 110. So they're pretty balanced in that aspect. Not yeah. great, obviously, but um, especially when you have on the other side of the ball, OSU had over 730 total yards. There you go. Um, <laughs> including 431 on the ground. It's been a while since we saw something like that. But um, going to the defense, they have a guy, uh, Kevin Ellis, who is still on this team, starting defensive end. Who played in this game? Which you know he's been there a while. Um, I think there's been there's probably a couple other guys on OSU's team that might be sticking around. Malcolm Rodriguez played in this game. Uh, Devin Harper, um, but Kevin Ellis had seven tackles that game. Um, he talked today about how he's looking forward to getting back at it and his dreams to play in the NFL. So there's there's no better game to do that when you're in the your team's in the national spotlight against a Power Five team. And, and he's a great segment. I think he may have led them in sacks last year. He's uh, great off the edge. And they have a couple guys that are, you know, all what is MB Missouri Valley Football Conference. <laughs> yeah, the I mean, for me personally, like, I love. I, I don't think even with that sort of talent, it's more okay. You're FCS talent, but I don't see it really translating to this game as much. But you're going to see some plays. You know, Monte Bra- uh, Montre Braswell, who's the mm-hmm. one first team guy, screen coverage. He's also a great tackler in the run game. He he's tough nose in that. He grabbed a couple of interceptions last year, and Tyler Wiltz, who led them in tackles, eighty tackles last year. Personally, I love him. He feels like a Malcolm Rodriguez in the middle, where he's a lot of times they'll spread out their linebackers in coverage, but Wiltz is always standing there, ready to shoot gaps. He gets off blocks really well, and he's he's good in the run and uh, run defense. So I, I think they have a couple guys that are interesting, and Metsy will make a, make a play here and there. But overall, I don't really see it being a, them shutting down. OC yeah, I don't think I don't think that's even to the stars. I don't think yeah, when you no look doubt. at those, but yeah. they have five, they do have five MV uh, FC all Ameri- uh, all conference player preseason selections: Montre Baswell, DB, uh, Kevin Ellis, D end, Eric Johnson. Kyrie McDonald and Tyler Wiltz. Um, their defense is not normally like last year. At least they weren't known for. They were really good at stopping big plays and giving up a lot of small plays. Um, they went five and five. They made the FCS playoffs. They like co MVFC uh, champions. But I just don't know. Like, it, yeah, you can be good at not giving up big plays, but when you're playing guys, it's a different level of football. You're playing um, guys who are probably on the edge of you know. NFL talent, and mm-hmm. whereas you know you got there, are other guys who are just, you know, they're trying to make it to where they're up there, but there's a different level of play. And OSU's offense, despite not having returning receivers, not having uh, like having young uh, and experience, but also like a mix of experience and inexperience on O line. Um, I think that's what really this game's going to come down to is their defenses can't stop the OSU offense, no matter how inefficient it is. Well, you know, I, I kind of want to build off a point that uh, Sadiq brought up, and you did too, Chris. Uh, Kevin Ellis and Eric Johnson, those are both two guys who are both seniors, both starting on the defensive line. I mean, Eric Johnson, he has played in, including last season, he's played in 42 consecutive games. Yep. and 27 tackles last year. And I think that something, you know, this is most likely going to be a blowout, but something that I think OSU fans will be able to watch is how the offensive line handles yep. 
experience. an experienced yeah. defensive line. Sure, it's not a big 12-caliber defensive line, but still, these are two veteran guys anchoring down the, the, that line. And, you know, what's going on at left tackle for OSU? Still, it's still up in the air. Yeah. Is it Taylor Maturko or is it Caleb Etienne? Who's going to be starting there? Well, Kevin Ellis and Eric Johnson are going to give them a decent test in the first game of the season. Okay. And I think OSU might be able to get some answers out of it. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. And that, yeah, that was one of my thoughts. It's because the the thing about last year was even when uh, the defense or so when the offensive line was struggling or good, it really didn't matter who they're playing. Right? It felt like they were struggling against bad off bad defensive lines, and sometimes they were really good against good defensive lines or you know defenses. Sometimes it was just turned. It just felt like it, it the bigger struggle was OSU. And you're right. I think with these with a couple of guys up there. A good defensive line, a good you know defense overall. How are they going to get pushed? Are they going to get pushed around and show their inexperience from last year? Or are they going to show the development that you know was promised this entire off season? Which I I would you know think the latter, but that's that's what we watch in this type of game. Yeah, sticking with that off the OSU, the learning about OSU. Um, yeah, you got and Eric, or sorry, Eric Kevin Kevin Harris and Eric Johnson are going to be lined up next to each other. So if they can exploit one side of the line. That could cause problems for OSU. Obviously not big problems because it's just it's going to be a different level of play. But it could prove just kind of how much work this offensive line needs to do as the Big 12 play comes closer. Right. Obviously it's still four weeks out, but if you if you struggle stopping these guys, you're going to have issues uh, when you get that hard challenge. But good news is we're going to see guys that don't normally get to play down the stretch. Um, we're going to see... You know, if one running back stands out, if you know they can come out and play those four running backs and one of those guys stands out, we're going to be able to see how this receiving core deals with this. Maybe maybe we'll see Links and Anderson for the first time. <laughs> um, but we'll have to just see. It's going to be, I think it's going to be the more learning about OSU's youth and like backups than it is the starting lineup, just because I don't think the starting lineup plays that much. Yeah, and, that, and that's so important because, you know, like Mike Gunny talked about, I think, two weeks ago with Desmond Jackson and saying he was a better game player than a practice player. And those those type of anomalies exist. You know, someone like Caleb Etienne or, you know, any of these guys, even Taylor Materko, practice can only tell you so much, right? Real game day is a completely different atmosphere, a completely different feel. And guys that excel there, they're the ones that are continue to start to make an impact. And that could be with the wide receivers, right? Again, practice is different from real play when, um, you know, maybe one of the green trees blows up. You know, Tate Martin, Brennan Presley, We'll show you. And, you know, some of the stats at the end of the day might be misleading. Like, you might see the fourth, you know, Dominic Richardson go off for 200 yards, but that might not be, you know, he had the best, he was the best running back considering, you know, he went up against the third team, Missouri State. Like, my whole point is just things can happen. You know, stats can be deceiving in a game like this, but you're going to see a lot of things. You're going to see the talent level, the how things have developed. And there's so many different aspects to watch with, you know, things we've talked about. Like, Jim Knowles talked about zone coverage and adapting to that so much. The offensive line is obviously a big thing. There's a couple running backs. How are they actually in the split, the wide receiver room? Even Spencer Sanders. There's so many mm-hmm. aspects to watch here. So I think that's that's really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, only only one returning guy who started on the skill position for OSU is playing again <laughs> against Missouri State again. L.D. Brown also played in this game, and he went off. It was it was more of an L.D. Brown coming out party. Nine carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Right behind Justice Hill's 10 for 122. All right, we know L.D. has that sort of uh, breaking speed, right? Mm-hmm. But again... The big question with him is healthy. We know he has a talent. He showed last year he's a physical runner who, who's more than just a speedster. So it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, just building off all those points, yeah, you're going to see a lot of youth. But one of my favorite things that, that you know I've really enjoyed watching kind of since uh, spring ball 
has been the cornerback play. Mm-hmm. You know, you lose Rodarius Williams. Well, who's going to step up? Yeah. Obviously, you know, they've got Christian Holmes starting at that cornerback two spot right now, but depending on what kind of zone coverage they want to play or if they, you know, they want to go more man, uh, it's going to that spot's going to shift out. So, I think this is going to be a really interesting aspect come the Missouri State game because I think, you know, if this is a blowout by halftime, I think you're going to see Corey Black and Jabbar yeah. Muhammad out there. And I, you know, I've enjoyed watching them, and that's been an aspect I've enjoyed watching, and I want to really see how they do in a real game. Yeah, I think that's so key, and I, I agree with you 100%, because even before it's a blowout, I think those two will play a little more. Because you look at last year, the three corners at a rotation, right, between Rodarius, Jarek Bernard-Converse, and um, Christian Holmes, but that was it. <laughs> like, there were games where, I remember at the end of the game, Jim Knowles came up and said, yeah, you know, Jarek and Rodarius were playing hurt. But they would play hurt rather than bring in the backups because yeah. that's how raw the depth was behind. And, you know, at times where Corey Black or Jabbar Muhammad came in the game, I think it was against Kansas or whoever, mm-hmm. um, they looked like they struggled, right? But they're freshmen. That happens. Especially, you know, when you're young, raw, you don't really play at all and you just get thrown into it. But now with, you know, they've earned a lot of high praise over the uh, freshman year. Obviously, it takes time to develop with guys like that. And if, you know, that this is going to be a game we're saying, we, we see maybe one of those guys takes over for a Christian Holmes, or maybe those guys just provide such immense depth you can play them a lot more. It'll be interesting to see how they play. And, you know, competition breeds diamonds, so it's always better to have more guys like that in the room. Right, and uh, I'm more looking forward to the D-line, watching them. Uh, we talked about it, like, two podcasts ago, or a podcast ago when uh, we mentioned the defense and how they're three deep at mm-hmm. that position. But, I mean, you're going to see you're going to watch these guys rotate in, and you might even see four or five guys go in yep. um, just to see – you know how but it's going to be a blowout in all seriousness or in all most you know most likely mm-hmm. um but you're going to see these guys get defense you got whoever's lining up on the left side uh is going to have to go against all uh Missouri Valley uh left tackle Landon BB who he's going to provide a challenge um even though he is you know an FCS left tackle they're still college you know D they're still right. D1 right. and they're he's talented and he's big and it's going to provide a challenge for these guys and it's it's going to be fun to watch this D-line and see how much pressure they can put on uh, Shelley or Johnson or whoever's playing quarterback back there and stop this run game. Because, you know, obviously their first line of defense against a run game, and when you've got a quarterback who can run like Jason Shelley can, you're going to have to have uh, put, you're going to, have to get pushed and you're going to have to get in the backfield. And the best run defenses have start at the defensive line where you get penetration. Even if you have great linebackers who are able to, you know, shoot gaps and rack up tackles. They need the defensive line to hold that line of scrimmage. And you know, people forget Cam Murray is a bigger loss than people kind of realize because mm-hmm. he he's the type of guy. You know, this is this goes for a lot of defensive tackles, especially one techniques who they eat up blocks. Right? They get double teams. They get penetration pressure. They don't get a single tackle. They don't get a single stat many times. But they're the ones. Mm-hmm. They're the reason. It starts with them, right? Yeah. Plays get redirected. Malcolm Rodriguez and Amen and all these Devin Harper wrap up tackles. Mm-hmm. And having a guy like that was important. I think Israel Antoine can take over that role, and he did a lot of that last year. Where he, again, you see his stats. He had, I think he had ten tackles, five of those for tackle for loss. But you see the way he redirects plays, the way he gets in the backfield. That's what the defensive tackles do. And Brendan Evers has also been solid, and I'm really excited to see Jane Jernigan, who's undersized at 296-1, but he's a very smart player, and um, we've seen a little bit of him freshman year. So I think that that's something else I'm definitely looking yeah, forward to on that line. This is going to be a fun game to watch the Leo position, um, strictly because both Brock Martin and or Trace Ford's hurt. It's still coming back. He's listed. We know that just for the fact that it's listed as or on the depth chart because 
if he's 100% healthy, Trace Ford's far and away the starter. And that's also a testament to how good Brock Martin is. Yeah, and is. also how good Brock Martin is. But you're also going to see uh, Colin Oliver step in, you're, mm-hmm. you know, those other guys, because you're down to two. You're down to one and a half almost, because I doubt Trace Ford plays much. Um, he'll, he'll start probably and sure. then just kind of get rotated in here and there. But they don't want you don't want to you don't want to risk getting this guy or getting someone like him hurt right. early in the season when you're going to need him late. No and doubt. so you're going to see these young guys like Colin Oliver. You're going to see um, Aiden Kelly. You're going to see you know, all these guys jump in mm-hmm. and you know hopefully they make an impact. Hopefully they they show like hey you know maybe we can get some playing time down the stretch and yeah. mean something to this team when. And the best part is we saw how experience or how experience need, we need when somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Because that's what happened in the O line last year. You throw them right into the fire against a Tulsa team, and you're just kind of the whole year. You're not really. Yeah. They're kind of playing catch up, but you get a game like this. If you can get those guys in, they get that game experience, and that's you can't you can't count how meaningful yeah, that you, is. Yeah, you can't teach experience. That's the one thing you can never teach. And um, I think last year, opposed to many years for OSU, there weren't a lot of games that were blowouts that they could throw in guys. Kansas, Baylor, two that come to mind. I think that's probably it. That too, it goes in the second half, right? That's when you're starting to feel more comfortable and you're able to take out those guys. Um, but the, yeah, they didn't get a lot of experience doing that. Luckily, they do rotate a lot of bodies. That helps them a little bit. But this is a game where the young guys can really show out. I, I know Mike Gundy attested to that. I think that's a big key here. Yeah. And um, I mean, for me personally, like what I love the most or what I'm most looking forward to is how they adapt in zone coverage because when you saw last year they were elite in man coverage right they, they had Jimenez had so much flexibility because he could you know play cover zero he could stack the box send seven eight guys there rush maybe five of them rush maybe four of them or drop all of them or not all of them but <laughs> most of them and just fake you out but he could play one-on-one coverage with Rodarius Williams and Jared Bernard Converse and he's in Christian Holmes at times and they stuck so well that that gave him that sort of ultimate chess piece and that's always going to be there but what we did see OSU get burned on was not just the big plays, but the crossing routes, right? Where you you have action, traffic, and that's that's one of the unintended consequences, or rather, one of the liabilities that naturally comes with playing so much man to man. But if they're you're, they're able to trip you up and put you, put in zone sometimes, drop you know eight guys out there and send three to rush, it's going to confuse the offenses because they're not just expecting the one thing, and also it's it's just another trait. And you know, with smart guys like Trey Sterling, Corby Harbourfield, it's going to be interesting how they drop into that. So I think if OSU is able to excel in zone coverage, that would make it even better for them, especially the defending big plays. Yeah, well, last thing, we're going to go score predictions. Uh, we'll start with Dean. Um, I'm going to say OSU puts up about six touchdowns, 42, and Missouri's going to sneak a couple more in there in the second half when they bring out some backups. I'm going to go around 42 to 14. Okay. I say forty-eight to three because I think the OSU's defense takes so much pride in just playing. We've talked about this before. Yeah, they're such a prideful unit. Is what did Trey Sterling say? Yeah. Give us one inch. Give us one inch. We'll defend a mile. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's just the mentality of this defense. And I think they might stick in a field goal, but I think they're going to try to go for it in the fourth down in mm. in OSU's territory and going to get stopped multiple times. Um, so that's that's where I'm going. Either way, I think this game's on, out of hand, even if it ends up yeah. being. 14, like Dean said, because that would be late in the game mm-hmm. where the backups yeah. are putting up. Points. We saw that against Kansas last year. Right. Uh, they had a shutout going in to the end, and then Kansas snuck in that last touchdown. And exactly. The, the shutout streak continues for OSU, but maybe they can get it in this game. Maybe they, maybe this is the one where they finally get that elusive shutout they're looking for. But Missouri State hasn't has only scored more than 20 points twice against OSU. Um, one of those was an overtime game in 1996. Um, but I think it's going to probably be, I'm liking the 40 number, probably 42 to 
I'm going to go seven. I think they get a touchdown in and not much more. Um, it's just it's something where it, if they do score, it's going to be like fourth quarter garbage time, fifth stringers are out there, and it's just something that just happens. I'd like to change my score. I'm going to go 42 <laughs> to 10 because I forgot Missouri, about Missouri oh, State's yeah, kicker. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to get a field goal in there. It's going to be like How a 55-yarder. Yeah. Oh, no. He's going to drain one. Um, so, yeah, one touchdown and one field goal How does he get not hit? Just say, just say uh, they scored nine points. He just gets in three field goals. And that's no, it. no. <laughs> uh, you got the extra point with the touchdown. Yeah, all right. All right, well, Dean loves kickers. Um, I love that it's game week. Um, we're going to see what we'll be back next Monday with the recap of that game. Um, but once again, 6 o'clock, Missouri State, OSU, Saturday at Boone Pickett Stadium. We'll see you guys next week.